Welcome to the 12th Phantom Canyon Production Journal. I am Jeffrey Bridges, executive producer of Pendant Productions and co-creator and co-writer of Phantom Canyon, and I am joined by... Susan Bridges, co-executive producer and co-creator and co-writer of Phantom Canyon. That's right, and today we are here to talk about the directing of the show with our lead director, Jared Page, and our assistant director, Paul Brueggemann. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, guys. Look at that. They're so in sync. They answer at the same time. We do. (laughs) They're actually hugging. (laughs) You're not supposed to tell people that, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure they're never not hugging. That's right. (laughs) So, um, yes, let's get into actually talking about directing and not man hugs. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) Man hugs are totally fine. They're totally fine. There's not a problem with them, but it's not what the (laughs) folks are here for. So, Mm, mm. but it is. A big okay. part of our directing process. Right. <laughs> well, we um, halfway in Tennessee, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. This is derailed before it's even on the road. It's all because of me. You're the best. Yay. Um, well, uh, let's start with um, Paul. Uh, Paul did assistant directing on episodes, um, what was it, three through, three through six, six, right? Yeah. And so uh, why don't you let folks know exactly what you did and your involvement in the process and how that all went for you? Well, uh, I basically, I got all the lines for all the episodes. I got, like everybody else, did two episodes um, at a time. And I would take all the lines and I would go through and clean them all and then subsequently put them into, um, what is it called, audition and make it sound like they're talking to each other in the same room and then send them off to Jared. Now, uh, when you um, say cleaning lines, just for the folks that may be listening and don't know, that's um, sort of scrubbing out the background stuff and trying right. to get it all to sound like they were recording in a studio, even though we have our actors' satellite all across the country. Yeah. <laughs> um, if there's like a fan on in the background or there's a flame plying, a flame, pl- wow, okie dokie. A flame? <laughs> a I hope flame. there's no flames no, while they're recording. No, no flames. <laughs> Do you need a hug, Paul? Another man hug. I need another man hug, Jared. All right, okay. Calm uh, down, yeah. If there are any planes flying overhead, I can erase those. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's basically what I did for the whole thing. Now, when I uh, did directing, I would often find um, sometimes the line cleaning can go pretty easily, and you because uh, our actors are pretty good about recording really quiet, getting good recording conditions. But sometimes you get some that are like. I don't know, there's something in there you just can't pull out or you try to pull it out and it makes it have this weird echo. And I mean, did you have any right. like, problems or do you find that to be a giant pain in the butt? Because I kind of did. I, well, for this production, I didn't have any problems with uh, any of the actors doing that because, you know, a lot of them had really good conditions to record in. But uh, uh, if that ever comes up, I, I usually have them either redo the line or, uh, yeah, well, that's the only option from there. <laughs> <laughs> Because if it, if they have too much background noise, like if their fan is flo- blowing directly on onto the mic, then I can't get rid of that. Yeah, there's there's only so much we can do with our our audio wizardry. So right, and um, if somebody uh, ends up popping a lot and they pop in the same the same spot in every line, I uh, I have no choice but to ask for another one. Right, right. So occasionally you can fix like a breath pop getting caught by the mic, but it's pretty yeah. rare. They're really tough to pull out. Yeah, you don't want any of uh, anything of those. Right. Well, there's nothing will take you out of the story more than all of a sudden being reminded that the person you're listening to was speaking into a microphone. So, right. That'll ruin it real quick. The suspension of disbelief and all. Popping is bad. Popping is so bad. Um, so um, then, with the dialogue, when uh, 
Do you find it difficult to sort of get the timing right to make it feel natural? Or I mean, because some of these actors hadn't really necessarily been in shows with each other before. And so people who have, you know, they're kind of familiar with how an actor might, you know, interpret a line and stuff. But I mean, did you have any weird timing issues or like um, inflection issues that didn't quite match up or anything like that? Uh, not necessarily. There were a couple um, lines that I just didn't go with, but they, they had the wrong inflection or mm-hmm. um, they said the line in a way that, you know, maybe they didn't know what the line was before. So, mm-hmm. um, but other than that, like that would be one of the takes. We do, they do three takes for each line and that would just be one of the takes and it would just take one of the other ones. Right. This is the reason we ask our actors to do multiple takes. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So that in case stuff like that happens, we can hopefully not have to ask for a pickup, although we do, you know, when needed. But mm-hmm. Although you always get that one actor who does the same reading for yeah. every take where you're like, <laughs> We really? try to tell them to vary it up, but yeah. No, don't go over there. No, don't go over there. No, don't go over there. <laughs> it's like the purpose of takes doesn't really occur to them. Like, oh. Right. Well, I think with the people that were in Phantom Canyon, they were generally more experienced and have done a lot of stuff that with us before. True. On the on the whole, you know. So um, I, th- I don't think that was always... Uh, was that, I hope that wasn't an issue. No, no, it wasn't. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how... Even if they did that, the, the line that it delivered was perfect for the scene, so it didn't even matter. Oh, well, look at them getting all tuned into that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, Paul's like, nope, no problems, nope, perfect. Everything's Everyone fine, I have wonderful. nothing to say. Well, Are you done? <laughs> Can I go? I wouldn't say everything was perfect, you know, but... Oh, oh. <laughs> um, how long would you say it would take you to do the uh, cleaning and laying out of the lines for, like, an average... For, for like, one of the episodes? Oh, uh, if I, like, put them all together, like, collectively, mm-hmm. I'd say about like six. One six episode. Hours. Yeah. Six hours per episode? Yeah. yeah. But he's like a superhero. He is. He's so... Fe- okay, Paul, for he's folks best. who don't know, uh, <laughs> we have several directors, you know, at Pendant who work on many things, and Paul has somehow been inhumanly fast uh, for the entire length of time he's ever directed anything for us. Nobody can match his speed. I don't know how he does it. I'm pretty sure he sold his soul to be a fast mixer. It makes no sense. And if you're going to tell your... going to talk about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I just if if you were gonna sell your soul, I you think you would pick something a little more than that. I want to send all of our directors to just watch Paul work. You'll find you'll find a lot of me drinking coffee and eating popcorn, and that, that's popcorn. it. That's the secret. I, well, no, that's just what I had in front of me at the point. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well then, uh, uh, let's uh, talk to Mr. Jared now. Jared did well, all of the uh, line cleaning and what. Someone have something to say? What? what? Well, no, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just wanted to to jump on um, uh, Paul's directing. Uh, in addition to being fast, Paul has a just a awesome feel for dialogue. And um, Paul and I've worked with with Paul before on um, the Kingery, and then again with this epi- and then again with this uh, production, and. No, it's really. In addition to being fast, he's also he also has a gift of just getting a natural flow of a conversation. So, so um, that's something that might take me longer to do than it does Paul. And so it was really great to have him uh, doing that because that seems to be one of his skill sets. Hmm. Thanks, Jared. Well, you're welcome. More hugs. 
Huggy. Man hug. Uh, that's true. And, and you know, we should mention um, that Paul also does um, uh, lead directing over on Seminar. So if you uh, want to stop by PendantAudio.com and you check out Seminar, you can hear a bunch more of Paul's great work over there. So he's a good director. Hey, thank you. Yes, he is. Okay, so now, the stuff I was saying about Jared. Yes, sorry. Is that sorry. I, no, it's, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I'll yell at you later. No. Um, <laughs> He's going to edit all of this out. Okay. Oh, no, way too late. Okay. Um, Jared did the line cleaning and the dialogue laying out for the first two episodes, and then for all six of them. Uh, well, we're calling them episodes. The, the whole thing of production is going to come out in one block, like one feature-like production. But we produced them and wrote them as we're six We're still figuring out how we're going to Well, it's the Audible issues. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, audible.com, I mean, the website. We've started have, calling them chapters, haven't we? I mean, that's kind yeah, of Yeah, I think sort of like that. Well, but Audible calls, calls uh, each section of any of their audiobooks chapters, whereas we're going to have to put two of them together. So if we had chapters one and two in Audible chapter one, that's going to confuse people. So what did we come up with? Me talking just now. Yeah. Each of our episodes is too short They're to too be short considered to be a an Audible chapter episode. Because it has to be at least 30 minutes to right. count as an Audible chapter. And each of ours come in just a little under that, so we're going to have to combine them. It's very like, weird. Yeah. But what did we decide we were going we to call them... Stages, I don't know. I just remember being something. mad at you about it. Uh, well, that's normal. That's anyway, well, well, anyway, getting back to the okay. point. Yeah, um, <laughs> let's do that. Jared did um, the dialogue laying out and cleaning for the first two, and then for all six of them, he did the uh, editing of the sound the effects and all of the musical scoring with uh, the compositions by Tom Stitzer. He did the so, noises. I think that's the noises. <laughs> well, he's also responsible the at the end for the overall feel and tone of each one. Yeah. And so, I mean, um, what was that like for you, and, and how is it? I mean, that's you're very good at it. Question. He's done a lot of directing for us before, and he's. How do you do you things? Know, you're good. That's right, but he's really good at it in a way that I don't understand. Nice. So, nice. <laughs> well, uh, starting with the the first two episodes, chapters, sections, parts, whatever we're calling them, <laughs> whatever they may end up, <laughs> whatever they end up being, uh, starting with those, um, those were very. They were very time-consuming. Well, number one, because this is a a, uh, a genre I haven't directed in before. Um, <laughs> Western, you know. Yeah. Mainly the Western feel was different. It, it, I guess we're calling it what a Western horror, Western, horror. Western supernatural horror, yeah. or something like that. But, but, um, but yeah. So um, for probably you know leading up to before we even got lines in from people. I was trying to get find all the horse sound effects and lots you know, of horses. And, and horses lo- there are lots of horses. Yes. I thought you said horse. Oh yes. I'm like there are well, actually zero horses in the show. I don't remember any horses. But we've got a that's lot of horses. The, that's okay. the other uh, production. That's the other one. That's the king of yeah. right. yeah. the, yeah. the first yeah. shenanigans uh, <laughs> establishment was it? Yes. Horses. Yes. So. Um, <laughs> So yeah, and so there was you know, and and like uh, old style train noises, and so there was a lot of hunting, you know, and 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 actually um, taking sound effects and mixing them together and modifying them and slowing certain things down to try to to try to create them too. So there was a lot of that, you know, work into it because I just didn't um, have those 
yeah, those things on hand. They were, they were they were new sounds, you know. Right. When so. you're looking for sound effects, a lot of stuff is modern, and you you usually don't have too much trouble finding like futuristic stuff. But finding cr- something that sounds like it would be the correct sound of something from you know over a hundred years ago, that's really tough. So yeah, uh, did you so have to was, make a lot tricky. of them? With combining stuff, do you have to make a lot? I of had your... to. I had to. Uh, I had to. I had to modify. Uh, yeah, I would say more than I have ever had to for mm-hmm. anything I've worked in before. Um, just to you know, to try to make them sound um, old timey or in this in this era, you know. And mm-hmm. actually, I go back to. I would go back to um, Deadwood. And I would say, mm. yeah, that sounds like that's how it would have sounded in Deadwood. So that's that's, <laughs> that's a probably good about right. Just because, <laughs> I mean, that's the closest thing. I mean, I've, you know, I love that show, watched that show. So as, it was kind as of did we? So. Yeah. That, oh, good. So it was it was a close, you know, as far as you know, some of the background noises and some of the, you know, the way the horses was, you know, anyway. But and uh, so so yeah, so that was kind of tricky. Um, so it it really became a lot better for me when. Paul jumped in and started doing the dialogue as well. Um, and so, so what Paul would do is he would, you know, he'd put them all together, all the dialogue scenes, uh, actors, you know, in having their conversations and all the things together with, you know, sometimes he would leave space for sound effects or sometimes he'd, you know, he'd just leave a pause knowing that I'm going to do something there, you mm-hmm. know, and so then we can just put it together. But but then he would send me each individual individual actor's, um lined separately uh and so then i could put them in and then so that way i could make you know so and so one of the characters talking you know approaching from the left and a talking to you here and so right. so that so that part of the dialogue like where they were and and you know the panning and that sort of thing and and um any filters i may have used for them was done afterward but, right, and um, that, that way too, if you needed to, um, because of putting sound effects in, something sometimes that can change the timing of a conversation slightly. And that way, if you only had one track, the, if the lines overlapped any, you know, like as people talk, they sort of overlap each other, as we have done several times. And right. um, you wouldn't be you able mean to like slide. right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good example. Um, but so yeah, but having it on separate tracks, as you said, then you could adjust the timing if you needed, if the sound effects changed something and pan them in from a side and put filters on. So that was a really, I think that was Susan's idea initially was to have uh, that if it wasn't too much extra work for Paul. Cause that, and we thought before it would make that, it, it was actually Tom's idea because I assisted for Tom and I did something similar like to what Paul's doing for Jared. And then giving him the separate tracks because it was it made more sense because of the overlaps mm-hmm. and also like mm-hmm. oh I might only have to move one character track not the entire thing right right so stuff like that yeah but see and, and the good thing was you know they they all came in so so I'd have all the character tracks they are all the same length they were all the same length as the scene so you know so if I needed to move them I could just splice them and move them all so I didn't change any of the pacing that. Paul had going, um, but but just able to. But you add could have. Extra stuff. See, but I could have if I wanted to. Right. Right. Yeah, and and um, and I think there were probably a couple times where I did need to tweak just a few little things like that, just because of you know the sounds or even the scoring. Um, and I thought you know that we needed to move people a little bit, and so I was able to have that flexibility and to do that, but. Um, and then, yeah, and so then, so so the way I would do it is I um, would throw all 
Paul's lines on there, and then I would uh, build with um, start to finish with, with the sound effects, and then um, once I would get a complete scene done, then I would score it. And um, as we mentioned, Tom Stitzer did uh, five songs, five tracks for us, right. and it was somebody's brilliant idea. I think it was probably Susan. Yes, she that was seems awesome. To have the brilliant ideas, <laughs> but uh, brilliant idea to have in addition to just having those songs for the soundtrack, to have all the different components, all the different instruments for each song uh, broken down. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's, so I have, you know, say I have a, a five-minute full song, well, then I also have the five-minute song of the high piano and the mid-piano and the low piano. Mm -hmm. And so that way, um, there were some scenes where I... You know, I just used his piano or just used his cello or, you know, and, and I think it was it was actually it was a lot of fun for me um, to score it because uh, there was there was so much variety. But at the same time, we have a it has a consistent soundtrack, mm -hmm. you know, with there, there's all they're all elements of these five songs. So. um so yeah, so it, it makes it more like, uh, you know, just like a, a single production, you know, like uh, right. like like Star Wars, where you've got, you know, John Williams, how you know he's got, uh, or, or let's even go Superman, either either way, but you know he's you've got your main songs, and then you know you'd hear in the movie you'd hear like little bits and pieces, or just maybe just like, a violin, like or mm -hmm. you know, or and things like that, and so, and so it really gave it that feel. So I actually spent uh, a lot more time scoring for this uh production than i ever have because it's it's more challenging but also because it's more fun and i think it's because um well i i enjoy the scoring part of it anyway but but there there became so many options that i would go i'd get a, a scene completed and then i would try okay let's try it with this track and let's try it with just these two instruments. Let's add this instrument and let's pull this one out, you know. Right. And there were some there were some scenes where uh, there a song that has three piano parts and um, and the scene uh, and the scene you know kind of picked up uh, pace and picked up tempo. And so I'd just start with one t piano part and then one would come in later and then the third would come in later. And so there was lots of fun things I could do with that that I had hadn't ever been able to play with before so that was a lot of fun and tom's did some out really some outstanding songs yeah there's some great, for this. great stuff he did in there but do you find did you find it was almost like i don't know what i don't know what the phrase i'm looking for is there's a phrase but it's like did you have almost like too many options like did you was it did it make it harder that you had so many different things to he choose said from it did are you listening well, he, yeah. Oh, but he said that he also liked that, so I wasn't sure if it... Maybe, maybe he was talking over me at that time. Uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, it, it was harder, but I did I did also enjoy it. So I guess I'm a masochist. I don't know. But, but no, but it was, it, was, it was completely different. And, yeah, there were times where it was like, man, I've got, you know... I'm glad I only had five tracks because... Um, that was plenty to play well, with. Yeah, and even, I mean, like we mentioned um, in the production journal uh, that we recorded with Tom, which uh, you guys haven't heard yet because it's not out yet, but we recorded it already, um, that uh, uh, in each of his songs, like uh, Jared said, some of them were like five minutes long, and there would be spots in there where 
he would get bored of of the song, so he would sort of switch it to something center, slightly like, different, yeah. and it would keep the same tone and feel, but it would sound like an almost different song. So it ended up being like we had a like, whole bunch more, even more than yeah. just the five tracks. So it was crazy. Yeah, because there would be times where yeah, and you know I listened to these, I um once we got the songs before I even started mixing these, I listened to. Uh, I put them on my iPhone, which I use as my iPod now, but because you know, yeah, it does that. Um, Technology, so, man. Yeah, <laughs> so I uh, I listened to the the full songs uh, several times. It was like my commute to back and forth to work. I was just listening to that music back, and then and then I started listening to this. So I listened to one song, and then I listened to the individual components. So I kind of know how I had to what I had to deal with. And really that's where I kind of found out. I'm like, okay, so I've got this song, which is really the first half is this way is, is kind of, is kind of mellow. And the second half is a little spooky. So I can remember that, that when I want the spooky, I can go to the second half of this song. And so, um, yeah, so a lot of great stuff. And I, I'm really, I'm really happy with the way the scoring of the episodes of the chapters the whole production has uh come out i hope you guys have enjoyed it as well yeah actually i have one of the the cool things about it is well this is also as a director the things that i direct is the reason that um (laughs) i dislike scoring so much is that because it's so important Uh, a lot of people who don't direct might not realize but it can absolutely make or break a scene like entirely you can take a great scene and and make it so good it blows your mind and it can take a great scene and it can drop it into the toilet and i it petrifies me and i find it really hard to choose the right see i love scoring because for me i'm like okay listen no okay listen (laughs) nope in fact i'm the pickiest witch when it comes to music she kind of is watch out like with the stuff tom would send in and jeffrey's like this sounds great i'm like nope (laughs) <laughs> hey, be nice. This is perfect. Oh. Nope. Does, 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 does Tom know this before now, or is he? Uh, no. We, we had oh. talks with Tom when he would. No, send like we like, would make. Know. But I mean, like I would obviously have comments, but I'd yeah. be like, no, no, because I was always the one. Well, like, we talked to Tom all through his composing process. He'd send us, but, you know, like, samples, yeah. and but, but I'm the one who has but... like the more musical background. And yeah. So Jeffrey doesn't like hear the things that I hear, so <laughs> I'm like, and here's a long list of the things. <laughs> so, but yeah, and I'm like, of course, that's you? also kind of like uh, I'm talking over you. Sorry, Susan. I'm here. But we do that. Do. But it just reminded me that's that's also how uh, Susan is with Kingery Scripts, by the way, as the member <laughs> of the writing staff. She's the one that will it's all true. will all come in to pitch in with our comments on people's writing, and it's like, okay, now it's Susan's turn, and then it's like seventy. Three days later, or whatever. It's like, no, I'm much but, better than I used to be. You're just yeah. picky. That's all. She's picky. Um, but she, but she, she, you know, she makes things better. I you try. make things better, Susan. Yay! Even if you're kind of, you know, witchy about it, as you said. Hey! <laughs> it was your words. He's free to use it now. You that threw it out true. there. Um, so, uh, well, then, um, Paul, let us know about the. Uh, uh, dialogue part of it so how much time do you think you spent um at least on like um three through six with just just the sound effects and the scoring how long do you think that took you on average um so i i was trying to time this to figure it out because i um am planning my weekend here which is i'm finishing uh the final chapter section portion um (laughs) yay this weekend so i was trying to 
parse out my time. And so, um, so since Paul has been helping me, I have spent probably between, I would say between 12 and 14 hours per episode. That's just on the, the sound effects and the scoring. The sound effects and the scoring and the you know putting it all putting everything together, yeah. But then then out of that, I mean, like, isn't would you say the bulk of that is spent on the scoring? I mean, the sound effects choice and laying in can take a while, but to me, the well, scoring always takes the longest. It's kind of effects heavy, though. There's it a is. lot of effects. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty effects heavy, and and I think you know there there have been some there have been some episodes or some chapters that have where the scoring was the harder part. Um, in the other parts where it was like, oh man, this fits so well. This whole song is going right here, and that was easy. And it was the sound effects that were the hard part. So, so, so yeah. So it's um, it, it's kind of been an, an either or situation. But um, yeah, and we have you know, it's there's um, what are we calling them? Oh, we're not we're not saying what they are, are we? We've said monsters before, right? There's monsters, yeah, yeah. Monster-ish monsters type yeah. things, you know, and yeah. um, and so, uh, you know, getting them to sound right in it's hard to talk about this without giving spoilers. <laughs> but I don't, want to, I don't want to give spoilers. But let me just tell you, in episode five, in the in the fifth part, whatever it becomes out to be, um there's a scene that involves these people that aren't our main characters, these monster things. And, um, I spent an awful lot of time there because they just really made the whole thing very creepy. And, and I'd listen to it and I'd be like, Oh, I can make it creepier. And so that's, (laughs) and so, and, and so that's, you know, it's kind of playing that way. And then the, the music really helped with that too, because, um, you know, uh, Tom really captured it. Uh, you, well, you've heard the theme song because you've heard, you know, if you've listened to these journals, you've heard the theme song. So you can see it's kind of has kind of a Western feel, but it also is also has kind of a creepy feel. And most of the other music is even more so kind of creepy, eerie sounding. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of really creepy stuff in there and even in uh tom's production journal he said that he would like listen to the songs you know like when he was driving home and they were freaking him out and he wrote them <laughs> and composed them. so uh, i think that gives yeah. you hopefully some kind of clue that this this is some pretty pretty creepy good stuff, stuff in there good stuff. yeah it is yeah but it's not it, you know when we say horror i just you know it's not it's it's not it's the type of horror, horror that's... not things jumping out from right. the shadow we, horror. We, we've yeah. mentioned that several times. We don't want people to get <laughs> the, the torture porn horror. It's not the gross-out horror. It's, it's more Stephen right. King-ish with the slow build, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not... There's not, like, the, the Saw movies or anything like that. Right. No, 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 where there's just... Well, although there is a scene where we have a butcher chopping up a lamb, so... <laughs> but that Ooh. is just But the lamb is already meat. dead. Yes. The lamb is already so, dead. It's, 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 just... it's, a, it's a butcher, so... <laughs> it's just but that's about as close stuff. as you get to the, the yeah. knife type. Yeah, we want... Uh, <laughs> we don't want the kind that's going to make you jump. We want the kind that's going to make you look at Stay the shadows at night. in your bedroom at the middle of night and <laughs> go, oh my god. Away your sleep. Yeah, we want to we yeah. freak people out, not gross them out, or, you know... Exactly. We wanna, we wanna and I think that's... I think that has been accomplished, uh, you know, and obviously that tone was set in the in the scripting and then the with the music and the scoring and 
the sound effects, it all kind of has amplified that and turned it into a pretty it's i mean it's it's a great story too i mean it's like there's there's a lot of well there's there's really great characters and if you've listened to these production journals you've met some of them uh even though you don't know um where they go or 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 how they really factor into the story in a lot of ways but there are really great characters um and we get to see them um at various stages of their lives, uh, the main characters. And so um, you really become invested in these characters. And so you feel for them when they're in these creepy situations, you know? Well, that, that yeah, that's something you wanna, wanted to try for, is because you don't want it to just be creepy, but, I mean, you want to creep out the audience, sure, but you it's even creepier if you care about the people that are there and what it's like for them, and if you can sympathize with them. And you start to feel them, bad and, for them. Yeah, right, and if yeah. you can feel for them and understand what that makes it, you know, even worse, I mean, in terms of creepiness, which is better, but it makes yeah. it, yeah, you, it's yeah. It's bad, which is good. And exactly. bad things happen to certain people, and you go, "What?" And you know, it's like, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. And but just no. how sick are you of horses, huh? You never want to hear another one again. <laughs> <I think. laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think you know if there's ever any other Western productions to do, if you need horse sound effects, I'm your guy. I got, <laughs> I've got things mixed together. I've got all sorts of things. So ah, oh, you're all set now. So if we do a sequel, you've just got these. If you got a sequel, I got the horses. I got the, yeah. Maybe just do a sequel just about the horses from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> from the from the production, just the no horses. dialogue. It's just horses. No dialogue, just the horses. And like, man, that was. <laughs> <laughs> just tell us that you got to tell a story with just the sound of horses. That's yeah, that's that'd be tell. something. Yeah, <laughs> no one well, then, would listen. That was like, uh, what was it? Black Beauty, the old movie, right? There wasn't much dialogue mm-hmm. in that. It was just the horse. We can do that. A little bit different with sound than it is. Yeah, with... when you've only got the sound though. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah. So, there, um, well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I no, I don't know what I was going to say. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask uh, for either of you if there was anything that you found, um, like one bit that you found particularly, really, you know, like annoyingly tough, or 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 if there's a spot that you thought came out like really, really well, or I don't know if there's anything you know that sort of stands out in sort of either either way. There's um. There's one scene, I don't remember which, which episode or part it was, um, but I know that Jeffrey wrote it, Jeffrey Thorne wrote it, and uh, the scene ended up to be like 15 minutes long. Wow. And like 200 some lines. Yes. And uh, so that that really, uh, it took a while to get that together. Yeah. That was, um, that was the what, that was the opening scene of, was it four? Yeah, it was, it was four, it was one of the early ones for sure. Yeah, okay. it was one of the, it was the opening scene, and yeah, and it was, yeah, that one was, and and I'll point to that scene too. That was challenging because it made sense why the scene was so long and why they were all having these, why this one scene went for so long without breaking into something else. But when adding sound effects and music, that was pretty challenging because yeah. you know normally you have a scene, okay, that's a natural break to to fade out a song and fade out some music or whatever. <laughs> but that one, I don't know. There, there's like four or five different elements of music like wow. worked into that. Mm-hmm. 
that very scene too. So yeah, I would imagine it was challenging for Paul to put the dialogue and it was <laughs> certainly challenging to put that all together. Yeah. I didn't even realize that that scene was there because we didn't, uh, we didn't write that one. So, I mean, we read it and we edited, it, but it never occurred to me like from a directing standpoint, Hey, this scene is gigantic, but <laughs> yeah. um, it was something that was mentioned, I think back in um, the production journal we did with uh, Darian Lindell, who plays Rebecca is that she, um, as an actor, she really liked a lot of those really long scenes because she felt that let you really get into the characters. You weren't cutting away from them so mm-hmm. fast. It gave them room to breathe and live. And then it, she felt it also sort of um, alluded to like the large open expanses of the West and these giant areas in you know sort of empty late 1800s Colorado that you were in. That it was you know wide and empty. Well, and- there was nothing else to do but talk. So, right. Nobody was checking there? Twitter That's during their right. conversations Very or looking important. down at their phones. Hold on, I got to take this call. You know, there was none of that. So, um, no, and um, you know, so you you could think that, you know, just on the surface, think, man, a fifteen minute scene and it's pretty much just talking. That's going to be really boring. But um, no. No. It, it, it was definitely not. It was definitely not. So, yeah. So it's yeah. And, and I guess the the other the other scene that was the most challenging thing is in the final uh, part of five when I'm just kidding I'm not gonna say <laughs> <what happened. laughs> I would just pretend to give a spoiler I don't Ooh. have anything else but that's but no but there yeah the the um, the end of uh, this the fifth chapter was very challenging and that's the one I said that was also very creepy and mm-hmm. and as I'm now working on the final chapter section it's kind of the same 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 way and so it's right there's um, it's, there's it's, a, it's, it's it's the payoff i mean it's it's right. the, it's the, it's the finale and so it's pretty it's yeah yeah the end of 5 um and then like into 6 it's there's a certain location that things are happening at and so when one ends and the other one picks up sort of in the same spot. So you've got some similar stuff going on at the end of five and the beginning of six. So, yeah. Which yeah. was really vague and no one will know what I'm talking about. Come back and listen to this again after <laughs> you've heard the show. Works. And yeah. then you'll be like, oh, that's what they were talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. No, but it has been, uh, it's certainly, yeah, it's been a challenging production but man i've been really happy with the way it sounded and i just found out today that i haven't sent any of the finished episodes to paul so paul's been doing all this work without hearing anything yet but paul it sounds great i swear it's so good man uh yeah well we've heard the first four we've got the fifth now that we'll be listening to um not too long after we're done recording this i will have heard it by the time it's out and probably the sixth one by the time you know you folks are listening to this but uh yeah i could not be happier with the way that they sound right now i'm yeah, like, I can't remember if it was so three good. or four that I was like laying in your chair with my tongue hanging out, going, "This is so good, <laughs> so good, you guys." Yeah. <laughs> well, that's an odd image to give people, but you know, it was. <laughs> well, we're audio nerds, so we're like, "Eh." Oh, that sounds awesome. There's something wrong with us anyway. So <laughs> headphones on, tongue out, sprawl in the chair. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. Exactly. Um, I did think of one other thing. Uh, that was kind of tricky, mm. um, and I don't think this is spoiling anything. But originally, the uh, so there's a scene where we have a um, what is her character's name uh, played Emily? by Kristen Bays? 
No. Oh. Kristen Bays plays the livery owner. Mm. Yeah, the livery owner. Okay. So that's I couldn't think of what it was. She's the lady that has the horses. Yeah. Anyway. That's her. <laughs> okay, but so I don't know if you guys remember this, but the originally the cat it's it's scripted for a man. Uh, and I thought we had scripted it sort of gender neutral, and I wasn't. Well, yeah, but no, because they they um, the lines in it are like, "Hey, pardon me, sir," and oh. uh, and fella, you know, and there's some of those things, and so I had to tweak some stuff <laughs> in that. I think that was episode two. I think. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, that was no. In the first one. That's one. Is it in one? Yeah, I think so. Because I, I know Susan and I wrote that. So they yeah, that's only one. Blame us. Oh. That yep. was our fault. That's all our fault. <laughs> no, but but I was able to work it out. But so so um, and that's just kind of one of those things that was kind of challenging because I'm like, uh oh, he just called her fella. That's not going to go over <laughs> too well. She would be offended by that. So, um, and and then there was a scene where at, at the first, uh, Pete's character, um, Sam, uh, Sam, uh, calls out to him. Excuse me, sir. And so instead of doing that, I had um, Kristen ride up on her horse uh, to greet them, you know. And so there was like those little oh, tricky things. And so this is what directors do. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they direct. So, yeah, so rather than you know having them record and say "ma'am" and stuff like that, it was just it was able to to get that, and we still had the conversation. But but that was a little bit kind of a tricky one. Is I had to I kind of had to change exactly where we. You know, we had this. The scene was actually called for you know for Sam and Edwin to walk up to the the library owner's uh, area, mm. and then talk to her. Um, but but that didn't make sense with what they were saying. So anyway, it all worked out. But it was that was like one of those those well, things that as you adapt as you go, just based right. on what yeah. you get. And it worked and, out and that, so well that we didn't even realize. I mean, we've we listened to that episode it. several times. We wrote it. We didn't even realize. That's how good it worked. So <laughs> didn't realize it. And there are you know there are times when uh, you know there'll be an ad lib that's used, and it's kind of the same way. And it's like okay, I have to do this a little bit differently now than it is in the script um, because this ad lib works so well, you know. And so it, you kind of you kind of have to read and react a little bit. Did you guys end up throwing a lot of ad libs in? We uh, didn't really mention those. I mean, the actors have talked about them a little bit that they would sometimes throw them in, especially Pete, you know, who's well known for it. Our Lita <laughs> Sam. So, I think um, I can't remember any in particular, but I'm sure there there were some. there were there there were some, especially I think, and they're mostly Pete. Yeah. Uh, oh, and unsurprising. And, yeah, but but Pete, it's not like he has like crazy ad libs where he's just like no. taking the character yeah. somewhere crazy. It's just that with. You know, he's really good at understanding his character, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes, you know, sometimes he can say it better than we wrote it. Which, you know, that, as a from the people as a, as a writer too, I'm like, no, they can't. There's no way they could do that. But <laughs> but but sometimes it, sometimes it just fits a little bit better. Actor you know? gets right in there. You know, sometimes they can really inhabit a character in a way that you don't as a writer because you approach it differently. And so they sometimes, yeah, uh, yeah. Pete's really really good at that. Yeah, the the so thing I, I think that oh sorry go ahead no you go ahead first and then I'll oh I was just gonna say that he uh, he reads the line after so it doesn't m- not make sense so right um, mm-hmm. you know right. he could say something and it would blend directly into the next line yeah his he, so he so he always gives you so Pete would give you um, two or three reads of the actual line <clears> and then and then one or two modified versions and there are like there's every now and then one of his lines is 
he's you know he's throwing it in there just for us to laugh because mm-hmm. it's there's no way it's gonna make the, the scene. You know? <laughs> but he just kind of throws it in there because it's it's funny, you know, the right. character saying it. But but I know that um, uh, I used uh, some of his ad libs uh, in when I did this, the dialogue for one and two, and then I noticed as I was following the script um, that Paul worked a few in there too. Just that you know when I'm following the script and hearing what he's uh, put together there there were a few but they they were always like spot on you know what mm-hmm. I mean they're not going to be yeah you might not even notice even though you wrote it right exactly and he's a yeah. writer too so Pete's a writer too yeah, yeah so oh, he knows. but there are some funny ones that he just threw in there at the end that just would make us laugh which is always nice yeah, yeah, you know, and he had to keep the mood light for himself because he had so many lines in this oh thing. Oh my god, so many I mean, lines. So many. He's like, I got, I got his lines in like four or five parts. Yeah. Every time he'd send them in for an episode. Yeah, because they're they're so large to send because there were so many lines. You have to break it up by email. Yeah, yeah. he had a lot of lines. <laughs> so <laughs> he would send little messages with them about weeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, you guys have any other uh, final thoughts that you'd like to share, or if you've got other stuff that you're working on that you want to, you know, uh, toss out there to let people check out or whatever, you can feel free to do that as well. Uh, well you already uh, know about seminar. Um, come check that out if you want. Yes, <laughs> come, if you want. Um, you know, if you don't, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah, that's our. Uh, it's our I anthology really sh- show. Right. Yes, I think you uh, should check it out. Not just if you want. It's a good show. It is. Paul does a great job. Uh, it's and it's it's um, you know I used, I'm a big fan of the Twilight Zone, the old Twilight Zone, and you know it's kind of what it reminds me of. Even though they're they're not always creepy like that or always mysterious like that, but you just you know there's little short stories that mm-hmm. you're gonna you know little one-off oh, stories that oh, are interesting and. Fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I thought somebody Jared, started. Jared just plugged my show for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, so then now, Paul, if you'll plug my show. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, so I um, have, am no longer directing the Kingery, but I'm still part of the writing staff. So that's yes, part of that's what I am show. involved in. So, yeah. So, so, Paul, what do you think of that show? I think it's really good. I haven't actually listened to this last season. I shouldn't say that. Oh, I shouldn't oh. say that. I, oh, my re- God. Edit. Edit, Jeffrey. <laughs> edit that. I listen to every episode just, every month. All the things <laughs> I just said about seminar, I'm taking them back. Oh. Let's all, let's oh, all do some editing. The do last hug- season is really good, <laughs> Paul. you got to listen. It is really good. I, and it's I, very I, well directed, too. Well directed. <laughs> <laughs> Mind-blowing direction. So excellent. And Paul contributed to the directing, some of the directing on that one too. That's true. So, yeah, in that last season, a few episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. So I have listened to those episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. No, he directed those without listening at all. Just, <laughs> you get what you get. I don't know. Yeah. But, but the Kingery, we're coming back. We've got. Um, there are a couple scripts out there. It's in production. So. It should be coming back. Uh, we're thinking probably early April. It'll depend on how production goes. But yeah, we're well into production on season seven now. So it'll be coming back soon. So probably shortly after you guys all get to listen to Phantom Canyon, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, um, you can move on and the king will be back for you. The Phantom Canyon, it should be out 
um, soonish by the time you folks are hearing this um, because the it will have been completed and turned in and we'll have submitted it to Audible. But once we do that, it's all on their timetable. Audible, so. so we don't know how long it'll take them to put it up. It could be, you know, like an instantaneous thing. It could take a day. It could take a couple weeks. We have no idea. But as soon as we find out uh, after submitting it, we will, of course, be sure to let everybody know. And you can, you know, check it out and hear the uh, great work of all of our actors and, and our co-writer Jeffrey Thorne and, and these two fine gentlemen here and all their great directing work that they put in. Yay! It's awesome. And- and the uh, awesome also writing by the by Susan and Jeffrey Bridges too. You guys did a great job. You and oh, Jeffrey, well. uh, yes. the Jeffrey squared and uh, Susan. <laughs> it was, it was a good combination. I hope you guys do more things together. It was really great. Yeah, we're we're um, we're working on it. We're going to meet up soon and plan some more stuff out. So oh, excellent. Yeah, we'll see what comes out of that. So yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys both very much for being here. It was a pleasure talking to you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yep, appreciate it. And Speaking for both hey, of Paul, us now. Yes. One more man hug before we go. Yes, let's... <laughs> oh, that's... oh, there we go. That there was it nice. is. That was good. <laughs> I, I, think I, I think I felt something, too. Yeah, I, I, I lingered a little bit on that one, but, you know. <laughs> that, oh, that's what I felt, then. Okay, <laughs> uh, and on that note, um, stay tuned for Fantasy Canyon coming this winter. Thanks. <laughs>